Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Hey, uh, everyone. I want to be speaking about the following, um, and that is this, don't be a one-hit wonder. And I come uh, prepared here with my own intro music for this segment. Here we go. You ready? And hopefully this also gets you up, uh, get you off your seat, off your couch. But here we go, old school. Nisha, are you dancing? You know I am. Come on. Sarah, you dancing? Renee? Brad, grab your wife, Brad. Grab your wife, Brad. Barbara in the red dress. Get the red dress going. Wait for it. Man. That was such a fun song. It still kind of get your energy going today. Uh, was a huge, huge hit. But unfortunately, uh, that is Macarena, what is considered by many to be the greatest of all of the one-hit wonders. And, you know, it seems like every year in music, uh, somebody has some type of a breakout song, and it turns out to be just a huge, huge hit. And, and then you never hear from them again. Um, and that's, that's a shame, right? Because undoubtedly, uh, they had this, this big moment in time and they were never able to surpass it. And that's really the definition to me of a one hit wonder. It's somebody who has achieved something really phenomenal, something great, yet never surpassed that big celebratory moment in time for some people. And we've heard, we've seen these people for some, they peaked in high school. You know, 
they were the greatest in their sport in high school, but they were not able to take it across into Division Two or Division One and keep that going. For some, they achieved something great young in their life, in their 20s, and that's it, or maybe their 30s or their 40s, and that's it. And so being that this is Wealth and Health Wednesdays, wherever your mind is right now, whether it is focused on achieving a greater level of wealth for you and your family and yours, or whether it's achieving the best level of health in your entire life. I'm going to challenge you today to not be a one-hit wonder. And so I'm going to go over uh, a number of things that I hope will get your brain really moving, just like the Macarena did this morning. And so I'm going to jump in. But before I do, as always, I want to thank Glenn Lundy. I want to thank Sarah for everything that you're doing to create 15 hours of phenomenal information, programming, great speakers, great stages, great information, and great topics. And so don't stop here. Uh, keep it going through your day. A lot of people, you know, back in the day, um, Andrew, you remember this? Back in the day, we used to just put on the radio and have it in the background when you were at work. In fact, uh, when I did work for uh, CBS uh, for a period of time, for a couple of years, I did some consulting there. But they really relied on people listening at work uh, in order to drive their ratings and to be able to drive advertising dollars. And so, boy, how much better than that, rather than just listening to some one-hit wonders on the radios, to be able to listen to 15 hours of Breakfast with Champions. So I strongly urge you to do that. If not today, do it whenever you can. And the cool thing is you could jump in, you could jump out, and we're always happy to see you. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. So number one, here's a number of things that to consider to ensure that you will never be a one-hit wonder. Number one, um, so let's talk about some things that you should be aware of or be avoid. Number one is having no plan or worse, uh, one bad plan. Um, is, is something that can contribute to being a one-hit wonder. You know, those people that had those songs, they didn't set out to have Mambo Number no. 5 or have uh, Take On Me or uh, Macarena or any of those other one-hit wonders. They didn't say, okay, we're going we're gonna to put everything into this song. This is going to be the one. They didn't. They just went about their business. They worked hard. They put their head down. They set goals. But many of them didn't have a plan at all. They were just playing, man. And we do that. We do that in life where we don't necessarily have any plan at all. And, and that sounds bad. But you know what's the only thing worse than that is having a bad plan? And why do people follow bad plans? If somebody has a plan, you know, whenever I, I'm speaking with somebody and they are telling me about what they haven't been able to do and what they haven't accomplished. And I can't figure this out. And I've never been able to make more than this amount of money. And I'll challenge them on your plan. And they will hold so tight to that plan. Why do they follow that plan? Why are they so in love with that plan? Well, sometimes they were convinced by somebody they trusted. And that person is held in such high esteem 
that they believe that that person will never steer me wrong. And I, it is my belief that those people are not trying to steer us wrong. They're actually trying to help us, but they're sharing with us their plan, not my plan. They're sharing with us the plan that may work for them, but it won't necessarily work for me. Or they're sharing a plan that they heard would be great, but it's never been validated. So I want you, even though you've been convinced perhaps by somebody who is a, a parent, a family member, a friend, if the plan's not working, I'm imploring you to drop that plan. Sometimes they follow or listen to somebody, by the way, this is interesting, but it's true. They follow or listen to somebody who has not accomplished what they actually want to accomplish. So they hear somebody who said, hey, you know, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. And yet they've never even accomplished what I wanted to accomplish at that particular moment in time. And it's really important that you validate and verify Anytime somebody's saying, hey, this is what you need to do with your life, oh, really? Don't be so fast to sanction that. Don't be so quick to jump on board. And if you already have jumped on board, jump off and follow a different plan. Find somebody who has the right plan. Find somebody who has accomplished, whether you know them or not, have met them or not, Maybe it's somebody famous that you've only heard of, but follow their plan because you're likely to be far better off. If you have the opportunity in this day and age with technology, with social media, with clubhouse to actually go one more mile, reach out to them and say, Hey, can I speak with you? If you're close to them, if you're local, the best thing I used to ever do, somebody taught me this a hundred years ago, Invite them out to lunch. Say, hey, can I buy you lunch? Can I buy you dinner? Can I buy you a cup of coffee? And they appreciate the fact that you value their time enough to offer to do that. And if you're so fortunate to do that and have them sit down with you, really then, like Nisha was saying, take those notes and have those notes then turn into your personal plan. And I promise it'll keep you from being a one-hit wonder. The second thing is don't celebrate too soon. You know, we see this in sports a lot. You're, gonna, you're about to see NFL and we're about to watch games with whoever your favorite team may be or your friend or family member's favorite team, your partner's favorite team. And you could almost be assured of the fact that at some time during every game, somebody will do something and then they'll go off and have a huge celebration. Sometimes it'll be a touchdown. Sometimes it'll just be that they tackled somebody. You know, isn't that what you get paid for, to tackle somebody? Isn't that what you get paid for, to run the football for a first down? Isn't that what you get paid for, to catch a ball and run it into the end zone? So you notice that the greats, the greatest of the greats, they don't do those premature celebrations. You never saw Kobe prematurely celebrate. You never saw Michael Jordan prematurely celebrate. You've never seen Tom Brady prematurely celebrate until he gets to the end and they win the Super Bowl. They win the NBA championship. They achieve the goal they really want to achieve. They achieve the big win. They focus on the big wins, not the small wins. 
listen, celebrate the small wins, write them down, keep them in your mind, allow them to motivate and inspire you and to move you forward. Just don't go off and have a premature big celebration because life, career, passions, and our journeys in life are all marathons. None of those are sprints. They're marathons. And you want to, here's another thing. You want to make sure that you think of like when it comes to your finances, your money, you know, rather than going out and you have this, some type of a win, maybe you got a promotion, maybe you've got a bonus, maybe you've got a huge commission, whatever it might be. When that happens, think of yourself as if you're your own venture capital firm um, and that you want to make a great return on that money. And if you're a venture capital firm or even better, a startup, you know, you need to go through what's called a series seed round. I'm going to be doing a, a free coaching class for anybody who's ever wanted to know more about raising capital, raising investment capital to back your idea, to start your business, to pursue your vision or your journey, to achieve your dream. I will teach that class on Wednesday, September the 8th for free. All you have to do is go to my Instagram, follow me, so that it goes into my main inbox, and then simply DM the word coach or coaching, and you'll get free access, absolutely free, and you'll learn everything you really must learn, the things you need to know, the pitfalls you should avoid, so that you can go out. Jack came forward and increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. And Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean-Paul Guidry here. And I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works. I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Raise your own capital. But treat your finances, treat yourself like a startup. Because in a startup, you got to go out and get a seed round, then a Series A, a Series B a series C, and then you may have an exit or you may go to an IPO or have even a series D. But if you don't have enough money left to pursue those opportunities, you can very well put yourself in a position to be a one-hit wonder. And that's, that's not where you want to be. You deserve more than that. Last but not least on number two, keep accelerating, keep your head down, relentlessly pursuing those big wins, not the small ones. Keep focused on the truly big wins that mean more to you. Next, social media. Sometimes we hear of somebody who has, hey, I just had a viral video on TikTok or on IG. My reels, something I did just went huge. 
and they go out and they celebrate and they think, man, I've been on here for a week, a month, a year, two years, and I finally got my viral video. I'm good. I'm there. Nope, you're not. Because rarely, if ever, does one viral video make a career. Now, it, it is true. There are some of the biggest viral videos of all time that have resulted in the person who owns that viral video getting an agent and ultimately being able to leverage that for, say, a, a regional, local, or even a national commercial. It's happened every, every once in a while. But if you think it's hard to be a musician and even get to the point of having a one-hit wonder, this is a million times harder. And so when you achieve it, while it is pretty fun, pretty fantastic, it's not enough. It's not enough to have you say, okay, I'm done, I'm there. So like somebody said to me at one point, hey, everybody just simmer down, just relax. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's cool but it's not like a lifetime type of achievement. The biggest thing you want to do, if you're fortunate enough to have a viral video, and most of us have never had that, but you should reverse engineer your success and then repeat that. Do what you can to repeat that. Now, sometimes, let's be honest, viral videos are called viral for a reason. They're literally lightning in a bottle. But if you watch certain people out there in social media, they have been able to achieve that time and time and time again. And so reverse engineer theirs and then follow their path and repeat theirs over and over again until you can say, okay, I've gone from one to a second to a fifth to a tenth. Okay, now you've got something. Now you're moving towards that big win. Lastly, if you do have a viral video, please make sure that you leverage that viral video on every appropriate social media channel you possibly can. So if it's a huge hit on TikTok, take it over to Reels and see what happens. Take it over to Facebook and see what happens. And you know, on each one of those, we can end up curating a little different audience um, and they have different algorithms. So you also may have something that is not a viral video that you posted originally on TikTok. Then you took it over to Reels and it did five or 10 times better. So it's just really important to leverage those things. The next thing, keep in mind that one exit is never enough for a lot of people. So a lot of times people may have one exit, one what seems like a big moment, a celebratory moment. And it should be celebrated because they did get that big bonus, for example, or they were able to sell it. We've heard many, many times people on the stage come on and say, Hey, yeah, you know, I did this, I did this. And then I sold that business. But I want you to take note of something in every one of those circumstances. You could say, and then what, and then what happened? Well, in every one of those circumstances that we've heard somebody like we just heard Andrew Brand. I became the youngest GM ever in professional sports for the Barcelona Dragons. Okay, that's cool. And then what? That exit was not enough for Andrew. And then what? Well, I decided to leverage that and I was able to be hired 
by the legendary Green Bay Packers. Can you imagine to be the vice president of the Green Bay Packers, VP of operations, I believe, and be able to manage the contracts and that aspect of the team? That's incredible. And then what? He had that exit. And then he went on and on and on. He went to ESPN. He created a podcast. You know, he did Wharton and Villanova. And so make sure that it, you consider that. You know, do you have that level of drive to keep going? When you get close, I mentioned in a previous Breakfast of Champions talk that when you get close to hitting your goal, make sure you move that goal out. If your goal is to be at this particular, say, body fat, you know, or this particular weight or this level of savings or this level of income or this level of whatever it might be, a position in your career, okay, set a new goal to keep you inspired and keep you motivated and so that you don't make sure that you peak too soon. Now, it is important that if you do have some type of an exit, you sold your business, for example, you do keep in mind or you get this huge bonus. You need to consider how long does this need to last me? Is this enough money? You know, am I 25 and I need to, I'm probably going to be on this earth for another 60 years. So you may not want to go out and end up, you know, blow all that money or a huge part of it. Um, how long does it need to last? You know, what is my current burn rate uh, for your finances right now? So even though you've got money in the bank, you're still going to spend a certain amount of money every single month to live, your house, your car, your apartment, your food, restaurants, going out with friends, what vacations. How long does this need to last? Take the time to do that work. And are you leaving enough for potential surprises that can pop up? I can't even count in the last two years how many people I know whose lives were changed literally this is not a, not a joke. I'm not embellishing, but literally their life was changed in a blink of an eye in less than five seconds time. Everything changed. Their home burned down in a fire in California, home burned down in Oregon. They ended up permanently disabled, whatever it might be. And so you've got to leave enough for those potential surprises, but you also need to leave and you'll want to leave enough for potential opportunities. You know, we're in such a weird period of time and it is a massive opportunity. There's huge opportunities out there. But the one thing we can count on with the economy and in life in general these days is if you just wait about five minutes, it's going to change. And of course, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But we all know the market's not going to keep going up. doesn't do that. has never done that over its uh, decades. It's had times that it goes up, typically for seven to eight years, flattens out, recession, and then it goes down. And then it comes up and it goes down. And we've been in a continuous up market for over 10 years. Just a matter of time. I'm not being doomsday, and you know I'm not negative. But I am saying this. More people have created phenomenal wealth in down times than in big times and good times. And how they do that is they tend to make sure they're liquid. They make sure they have enough on hand to take advantage of potential opportunities. The fifth thing to keep in mind is I've seen people, especially in the last year and a half, 
they get severance packages, but then they act like they're on a mini retirement. They have this, ah, I've got a one-year severance package. Oh, that's phenomenal. What are you going to do? What are you going to do next? I don't know. I think I'm going to take a few months off. Ooh, man. Now, listen, we're all different. I'm different. You're different. We're all different. We're all going to respond and react to situations differently. I'm certainly not saying everybody should do what I do because that's not necessarily going to work for you. I can say this, though, with complete certainty. If you take that severance package and you treat it like a mini retirement until the point to where that money is gone, you gain nothing. That, that company that gave you a severance gave you a head start. Do you understand? You got to work. You got to get paid for a month or three months or a year or longer potentially without, you got to get paid without working. And so all that time that that severance, if you have a one-year severance, that means if I go to work tomorrow, I just doubled my income. Can you imagine? How many times in your life can you say, I can go out and literally whatever I make this month, somebody's going to double it for me. It's so incredibly rare. It's so incredibly rare. Don't treat that like you're on a game show. Get back in there. The day after I got a severance, if, I, if that was me, I'm looking for my next, I'm, what's next? I'm looking for the next opportunity because I want to double my pay. Now, if somebody says, hold on, David, hold on. What if you just really need to reset? What if you need to figure out what is next? Well, then take the time. Without a question, take the time. It may be the most important thing you ever do in your life. But that doesn't need to be months. It might be days. It might be a week, a vacation. It may be a month. But once you go beyond that, the challenge is, it's kind of like working out. If you work out every single week, five times a week, and then after 10 years, you don't work out this week. Okay, no big deal. Maybe you got hurt. No big deal. You didn't work out next week. The problem is by the time you don't work out for the fourth week in a row, it's so hard to get back in there. And it's unimaginable the atrophy that happens and how much real estate health-related real estate you gave back. Sometimes if it's an injury, we don't have a choice. But when it's a severance you know, situation, we've got the opportunity to get back in there. That's not going to stop you. So get back out there and don't let it go. I promise don't let it go more than a month because what's going to happen is your initiative is going to experience atrophy. Your motivation is going to experience atrophy. But you know what else? The market's desire to employ you is going to experience atrophy. I promise you, if you leave the workforce for six months or a year, please go in and interview. I bet you some of you have interviewed people where they have that empty space in their resume, and you go, what, what happened here? Oh, I took some time off. Okay, good for you. Great. Good for you, but you're not for me. So make sure that you keep that in mind. It's incredibly important. Um, also, just a couple little side notes with that. Um, if you all of a sudden experience uh, an increase, a promotion, a higher level of income, you're changing your expenses. If whatever your baseline expenses are when you got that increase, 
Um, if you're going to increase, say you got an extra $2,000 a month of take-home pay, and that'd be pretty cool. You will never spend, never let your, your expenses increase by more than 50%. Make sure that that other 50% goes to you and doesn't go to somebody who's marketing to take that money from you because that will allow you to be in position to take advantage of opportunities to withstand those recessions, those downtimes, or those potential surprises. So that's really important. Bank as much as you can. Next thing, again, let's go back to social media. Chasing likes, chasing comments, chasing followers, they don't matter. I know there's a lot of focus. We can never pull somebody up on social media without looking first thing, hey, what's their follower count? Okay, they got 12 followers. You're going to draw a conclusion based on that. They've got a million followers. You're going to draw a conclusion based on that. Now, the person with a million, let's make no mistake, it would appear that they're doing better than the person who has 12 or 1,200 or 12,000. And perhaps they are, but maybe not. Because followers need to be real, never purchased. And there's things like Hype Auditor. I don't know if you've, you're aware of Hype Auditor or products like that online, but you have to subscribe and some of them are expensive. But there's companies out there that will spend the money all day long on Hype Auditor. You know why? They want to understand the hype on social media. In other words, if somebody's got 2 million followers, they want to understand, okay, that looks awesome, but is their audience engaged? Because the only thing that matters to somebody who's going to, to utilize a micro-influencer or a, uh, a big influencer, potential influencer, is, is their audience engaged? Or are they just voyeuristic? Or worse, did they buy their followers? You can go out and buy followers easily. You can buy likes easily, but it doesn't change anything. Might make us feel good. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's really easy these days for people to see. And if you're trying to make it, if you're trying to establish yourself, people respect the grind, the rise and grind that Glenn does every single morning. They respect, and they're heading to, he's heading to 1,000 rise and grind episodes by November 5th. And that's going to coincide with the Grow With God conference on November 5th. Uh, that's in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'll, have, uh, I'll ask Sarah to touch on that a little bit more on the top of the hour. But people will celebrate. They'll, they'll relish. They'll admire. They'll respect the grind. They'll respect that grind, that thousand episodes. They'll respect the 150-something episodes in a row by the social media room before they joined in with the Breakfast with Champions team officially. But they're going to lose respect if they find out that you've got uh, fake followers. And it's easy to see. Click on anybody's followers and then click on the name of each one of them and you'll see if they've got no posts, if they've got no followers, or if they've got three followers or one post, highly, highly likely it's a bot. And you'll also see it if somebody has 100,000 followers, just keep in mind, if you don't have at least 2% engagement, you don't have engagement. So don't chase those likes. Chase engagement. Engagement equals monetization. Monetization fuels you towards where you want to go. Um, likes and comments themselves, they don't have monetary value unless 
unless uh, you are in a situation where you've built up your following to 10,000, 15, 20,000, 30,000, 100,000, and then those comments uh, consistently come out there. It helps you build an audience, or better yet, they're shared. Um, better yet, you can promote them to expand your audience. Okay, now we're talking. All of that still needs to lead to monetization, and that happens when engagement happens. So keep that in mind. Number seven, sometimes we hear that you need to cut your spending. And you know, a lot of us need to cut our spending. We could all cut our spending. I mean, beyond a, a roof over our head and food for ourselves or our families and other necessities, everything else, you know, is discretionary, right? So sometimes you hear, hey, you know what you need to do? You need to cut your expenses. Well, no, no, I want to get a better job. Yeah, no, no, no. Cut your expenses. That's how you're going to do better. And people make the mistake of cutting spending rather than pursuing their income being raised. And at the end of the day, if you need to cut spending, cut spending. It's important. If that's what you need to do to maintain good credit, if that's what you need to do to make sure you could pay your mortgage or your rent or buy food for yourself or your kids, 100% cut spending. That should not be your plan, though. That will not get you out of necessarily being a one-hit wonder because that's one-dimensional. Now that you've cut spending, okay, now what? What's next? What's next? Until you raise your income, nothing meaningful is going to happen. And we live in a day and age that no matter what you do right now, I promise you, I promise, I guarantee you, no matter what position you're in, if you work for somebody, no matter what situation you're in, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a startup, or if you're just dreaming about starting something, or if you own a franchise, or if you're a salesperson, we live in a time when you literally can almost instantaneously boost your income. And there's not one way or five ways. There's a hundred ways. There's a thousand ways. There's a million ways. And the reason why I'm so committed to teaching this coaching class is I'm committed to seeing everybody here, everybody I possibly can have the opportunity to number one, increase your income. Once you increase your income, you give yourself discretionary income, discretionary money, some type of capital, you could take that next step. You can pursue that dream. And you know what else? You don't need that much. $100 might do it. $1,000 certainly will do it. Anybody can launch a million-dollar company with $1,000, I promise you. Come to the coaching class. DM me the word coach or coaching on my IG and I will show you, I will literally show you how. I will teach you how to do it. And I cannot wait to see stories six months, nine months, a year from now from people who went from making X to 25%, 50%, or 100% more than X, or doubled their business, or achieved a million-dollar business, or an eight-figure business, or a nine-figure business. I'm working with four of them, four of them right now. One just achieved billion-dollar status, four or nine-figure businesses, and all of them started with virtually no money, all of them. So it is 100% possible. Chase the income. Play offense, not defense. 
you know, inflation, interest rates, cost of living, you can't control those. Income is controllable. And even if you think right now in your mind, but David, I'm trying, I've never made more than this. It's easy for you to say, you've been able to achieve things. Yeah, but you know what? I was in the same boat. I was in the same boat. Nothing happens until it happens in our mind. Nobody achieved anything phenomenal until they achieved it in their mind. And then they manifested it. No, I'm not getting fluffy. They manifested it the hard way, the real way, by having written goals, by doing the things that successful people need to do, by falling in love with the journey, not the outcome, by falling in love with the task, being committed to the task every day, and not just committed to having a Ferrari or a bigger place to live or a new pair of whatever. No, fall in love with the journey, fall in love with the work. That's what needs to happen. And also keep in mind that when you just focus on cutting spending, it's a, it's a scarcity mindset. When you focus on raising your income, playing offense, it's an abundance mindset. That abundance mindset will fuel you. The scarcity mindset will put you in a jail of sorts. It'll put you in a box and it'll put a stake in the ground and it'll keep you from being able to move forward. So keep that in mind. Next, think like an owner, not like a player, not like a worker, not like an associate. You know, there's a couple of people that I can, that come to mind. One of them, I, I couldn't stand when he was playing football because he played for the Dallas Cowboys. I couldn't stand the Dallas Cowboys. They were the nemesis of my San Francisco 49ers. And his name was Roger Staubach. Roger the Dodger, they called him. Graduated from Annapolis, U.S. Navy. Sounds a little bit like Andrew Brandt, right? He graduated from a great school, phenomenal grades. And then what's next? Okay, well, he went to college. After college, he got drafted by the Cowboys. What's next? He became the best in the league. What's next? He became the best in the NFL. What's next? He became a Hall of Fame player. What's next? He won a Super Bowl. And then all that sounds great, but you know what? He didn't make his money there. Nope. Look up Staubach Realty, S-T-A-U-B-A-C-H, one of the biggest commercial real estate firms in the United States. He became rich. He became rich and wealthy, not by having the Macarena of his career be great, being great at football at Annapolis, but continuing to say what's next and pursue what's next and achieve what was next. And he became beyond wealthy, generational, multi-generational wealth. Jerry Richardson was a player um, in the NFL, didn't make his money there, made his money on Hardy's franchises, made so much money, he actually was able to become an owner in the NFL, Carolina Panthers. Had to give up his franchise. Uh, recently because of uh, some unfortunate um, things that he was involved with. Uh, but does not change the fact, whether you like the guy or not, don't let that stop you from learning a lesson. Because we're not telling you to be like him or have him be your role model. Maybe you love Jerry, maybe you don't. has nothing to do with anything. But the fact of the matter is the guy was smart enough to know what was next after the NFL. That wasn't it. That wasn't his one hit wonder. So if you're trading time for money, 
you're getting paid X amount of money for X amount of hours, listen, you do what you need to do until you can do what you want to do. And if that's what you need to do, man, I am proud of you. I respect you. I admire you. And if that makes you happy, do that your entire life. But if you're sitting there saying, yeah, that doesn't make me happy, it's not enough, then don't trade your time for money. Because anytime you have any type of a job, you're going to give them X amount of time, they're going to give you X amount of money. And then you're going to take that money and you're going to keep basically, I don't know, 60, 65% of it, maybe 50% of it, depends on your tax bracket. And then of the money that's left, you have to put some into here, here, here. And there's a reason, Robert. Kiyosaki said, you're never going to get rich typically being an employee, you know, unless you're fortunate to be employee number, like my friend who was employee number 10 at Facebook. All right. That worked out for him. But that's, that's, that's a bit of a unicorn in and of itself for 99.9% of us. That's not the way it's going to work. Trading time for money as it pertains to wealth, not happiness as it pertains to wealth is a losing game. So act like an owner, learn like an owner. When you do that, it increases your value, not just for your company, but it increases it for yourself. It also opens your brain. It also inspires you. It also motivates you. It also has the potential to fuel you, to have the confidence, the belief, the conviction to maybe walk away from a a job at the Green Bay Packers and pursue What's next? The best version of you should be working for you, ultimately. And so if you have that anywhere in your mind, write that down. The best version of me should be working for me, not for somebody else. I can't tell you. It's countless. The number of people that work in situations for companies where they've had the thought at some point in their life, I am making this company so much money. And some of those people say, oh, wait a minute. If I could do that for this company, month after month, year after year, why don't I do it for myself? Why don't I go from being an agent to owning my own brokerage? Why don't I go from being a salesperson at a dealership to being a dealer? Why don't I go from whatever I am working for somebody to doing that better, maybe owning my own agency instead of working in an agency. 100% of opportunities in your life are on the table if you act and think and learn like an owner. Number nine, two more, the comparison game is more likely to deflate you than to uplift you. You can't win this game of comparison. There's always going to be somebody faster than me Young, that's not hard. Younger than me, I'm typically the oldest dude in most rooms I'm in, including Clubhouse. Doesn't offend me. There's going to always be people richer than me, more successful than me. If I spend my time comparing myself to others, that's a losing game. It distracts you from your own goals. It distracts you by focusing on seeing what other people are achieving. Well, that's their dream. That's their one-hit wonder. That's their celebratory moment, whatever it might be. If they're in vacation in, in Hawaii, or they just got a new car, or they just bought a new handbag, or they just 
you know, whatever. Good. Celebrate for them. Congratulations. Be genuinely happy for that human. If you know them, be happy for them. If you don't know them, eh, whatever. How does that improve my life? It doesn't affect my life in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not going to spend the time on it. I'm not going to give my time to it. I'm not going to give my energy because it's just distracting me. It's one of the leading causes of imposter syndrome. It makes people think, oh, man, these people have this, and I don't have that, so I must be an imposter. No, you're not. Take a moment to write down all the things that you have achieved. And it could be things that are so small as I survived my childhood. It seems small. It's not small. It's big. You got through the other side, and it made you stronger. Maybe you've been fired. You know, maybe you've been harassed. Maybe you've been abused. You know, maybe you managed to get a promotion, two promotions, three promotions in your lifetime. Maybe your income has gone from $7 an hour to $15 an hour. That's double. Fantastic. Focus on that and then do it again and do it again and do it again. So don't compare yourself. Lastly, competition versus collaboration. Competition is friction-filled. Competition creates angst in people. When you just spend all your time obsessing over competition, you're not able to obsess over the things that really matter to you. You're not able to obsess over what you can do to be great. Collaboration is frictionless. Collaboration allows me to leverage other people's experiences, other people's audience, other people's learnings, other people's success. Hey, if you have a podcast, by the way, spoiler alert, I just recorded my first podcast episode. Can you believe that? At the ripe old age of 61 and what am I, 10 months, 9 months? Yes, I act like I'm a child. And when you're a kid, how old's your kid? It's uh, 18 months. 15 months. They're a year and five months. Hey, I'm 61 in nine months. I'm counting all of them, man, because there's no guarantee. I only have today, so I count all of them. If I get to 10 months, I'm counting it. So at 61 in nine months, well, I'll say this. At 61 in 10 months, I will release my podcast, and I'm kind of excited about it. And I'm going to collaborate with people. I'm not trying to compete with other podcasts. I love other podcasts. But if, if somebody comes onto my podcast, I'm going on their podcast. You know why? They have an audience too. And so if, if, they, if it made sense for them to be on your podcast, make sure you go on their podcast. Because then you could leverage it both ways. You can repurpose the time you were on their podcast into social media. You can cut that up into audio clips. You could cut it up into video if it was a video podcast. You could repurpose it on reels. You could repurpose it on stories. You could repurpose it on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, God knows what else, SoundCloud. You can repurpose it over and over and over again. So that collaboration is powerful. It allows you to go from just you to you to the power of you. In other words, in other words, you can multiply yourself, scale yourself. So you're always stronger. We are always stronger together. 
The reason I believe that most of us show up here day in and day out is for no other reason. There's many other reasons, but for no other reason. We know we're stronger together. We know that. We know there's power in being around powerful people, great people, people we admire, people we respect, people who have achieved things. And you know what? You could be literally, think about this, you could be 50 years younger than me. You could be 12. Does that mean I can't learn something from you? No, not at all. You could be 25 in your first position ever out of college. I can learn something from you. You may give me the most important piece of the puzzle I've ever received in my lifetime. So working together is incredibly powerful. And And so don't ever forget that. And by the way, I'm going to throw one last thing on there, just as maybe a bonus. Don't obsess over what we don't have. I know that's a simple, simplistic thing to say, but it's really critical. Don't obsess over what we don't have. Don't obsess over what you can't control. Don't worry about things you can't control. One of the great minds, researchers out of Stanford years ago, figured out that a Approximately 83% of what we worry about never, ever comes to pass. So what were we worried for? That same person discovered that of the 17% that did come to pass, that nearly 90% we had no control over. So what are we worrying for? And what are we obsessing for? I mean, everybody wants happiness. Number one thing that everybody in our life wants, we want happiness. So, but yet, why would we do the key? Why would we obsess when that's the key to unhappiness? It robs you. It diminishes you. It takes you away from what's most important. It stops you from being able to focus. Look at your entire world. David, I just want cash, man. I, I, I go shopping. I'll go buy myself some <laughs> happiness, man. You see, I got to smile from year to year. I got cash and figure something out, you know. And and, and until somebody last night, they were giving me a hard time on uh, one of the your, your friend last night was giving me a hard time. Figure. And, go figure. And he was giving figure. me a hard time. What, what and he was, was that? Saying, yeah, it was right. The JT train wreck. And he was telling oh me, my he's God. saying he's saying something about like that. I'm not happy, man. I'm I'm wonderfully oh, miserable, hey, man. Brian, I, listen, people. I, I got to say something, Brian, though. People will listen to you on a Saturday morning. Uh, people might even listen to you inside your dealership. People might listen to you at Clubhouse and think, holy crap, this guy's intense. Yeah, he's intense. He's intense about health. He's intense about success. He's intense about dragging his people over the finish line. He's intense about enjoying life. He's intense about going out and having great food with great friends. He's intense about learning. And you're absolutely one of the happiest people I know. In fact, I, I, I think I am. I mean, I, I, even the challenges, man. I, I love the challenges. You get punched in yeah, the face. And you relish like, okay. the challenges. I do, I was speaking man. about you a few weeks ago that when I was saying to people, and you'll appreciate this, you spoke to this a month or two ago. But I said, you, you take, take you, and one of the things that's a hallmark of you is you turn into the store. You know, you don't hide from the storm. You don't turn the boat around and try to run from the storm. You go, no, I'm going to turn into the eye of the storm. I kind of think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. I think I'm going to come out stronger and better. So, yeah, don't obsess. I mean, Brian, you don't don't obsess over what you don't have. You obsess, and here's the difference, and thank you for stepping in. 
Well, listen, when you turn into the storm, right, it's coming at you and you're going at it and it passes quicker. Yeah, this is quicker. And if yep. you're running from the storm, it's always there. It's always there. It's always there. And it's it, and it just it stays right on your heels the whole time. And it increases the duration. Just face the damn thing. Face the difficulties, and you'll get through it quicker. I totally agree. So start obsessing. You know, get Brian as your poster child for this. You put a poster up of Brian, and it should say on the top, "Don't obsess over what you don't have. Obsess." over what you want to achieve. That's what you want to do because otherwise it's a complete waste of energy. And here's the reality, obsessing over what you don't have creates stress, anxiety, distraction, negative thoughts, helplessness. Please stop me when I hit something that sounds awesome. There's no awesome in obsessing over what we don't have. So you're not a one hit wonder. None of you are a one-hit wonder. None of us were designed to be a one-hit wonder. You're here to change the world. Start with your own world and trust that your best life will reveal itself. So with that, and Brian, thanks for joining. Uh, always one of my favorite comments. And by the way, please join Brian uh, and us every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. PST, 9 a.m., um, Eastern Standard Time for the greatest, the biggest sales meeting on the planet uh, here on Breakfast with Champions. So with that, I want to open it up. We have a few minutes left. Does anybody else want to comment on One Hit Wonders? I would. This is Rex. All right, Rex, there you go. Ready? I just wanted to say, first off, that you are such an incredible resource, such an amazing generous giver i'm in your group i couldn't think of anyone i'd rather learn from than you and you just give everything away you david if there are people listening that aren't uh dming only they will know what they miss out in the end because the value you add the increase that you add the expansion that you add to all of us is is just beyond belief and i love you and i so appreciate you. you thank you thank you Love you, Rex. I appreciate it. And, and again, DM me. Man, what are you waiting for? Is it the money? It doesn't cost anything. I've eliminated the financial hurdle. DM me. The word coach or coaching on my IG. Join me every other Friday other than next week. It's on Wednesday because we're doing a special one. I'm going to do a special coaching class on how to raise capital. If you want to raise 50 grand, 100 grand, a million, 10 million, doesn't matter. I will take you through how to do it, what to do, what not to do, where to find investors. I'll even give you. If you tell me during that coaching class, here's what I'm looking for, I will have I will do have the research done. Have my guys do the research and I will give you a list of potential angel investors that invest that focus on exactly what you're trying to do, which means that's their jam. So join me on September 8th. Does anybody else have something that they want to add? in the last two minutes here before I pass it back to the wonderful Sarah McCord. David, may I say hello? It's Megan DiMartino. Megan, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks for well, joining. Thank you. Uh, first, I would like to share that I am your senior, and I have been doing... <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing my podcast, Unique Leaders, for over a year now, and it's been... Wow. Such a great, great 
I cannot wait to be on your podcast, Megan. I look forward to it uh, because you. you are truly a unique leader. So let's get that going. And I look, I was absolutely, and I was with you last week, and it was wonderful. As the gentleman said before me, it's just you are, a, you know, just an amazing source of information, and so kind and generous and loving. And I look forward to being with you in the subsequent, uh, you know, training. So I'll see you next uh, time. And thank you, David, really for all you thank do. Thank you so much. And and with that, I wish we had more time, but it is 729 and I don't want to encroach on anybody else's time. I want to make sure that I have enough time to say that you are on the Breakfast with Champions stage, the biggest breakfast table in the world where everybody has a seat at the table. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.